Hello, and welcome back to Dinner and a Show. I am your host, Tom Bland, and on this podcast, we like to talk about local food and some good uh, movies. Well, good, maybe with an asterisk. <laughs> uh, today, I have with me my friend Scott. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Scott. Uh, some people online know me as Caveman315, and uh, yeah, uh, ever since Tom told me about the idea, I've Definitely wanted to chip in and uh, uh, chime in and uh, talk about some stuff. So uh, yeah, let's do this. Uh, well, we today went. Well, I didn't. We. I guess we technically did go to Tully's. Technically, uh, <laughs> I mean, we did pick there because it's a place we've both eaten at before, so we can still, you know, talk yeah. about it. Uh, we did to go food because obviously with the whole thing going around in the country, restaurants are kind of shuttered for the moment. So we got our food to go. Yeah, yeah, it, it like. Like, I won't go into the full experience because it was a <laughs> s- slight ordeal thing, Scrub Hub. Um, but for the most part, but like, like as Tom said, it, oh, we ate at, uh, I think the full name is Tully's Good Times. Yeah, I know what everybody just called it. We, we always, just, locals here in the area, and, oh, of course, know it as Tully's. Um, Great sports bar feel, as always, from when we've eaten there before. Yeah, it's very it's very cozy. It's um, the food's always pretty fast. I mean, today they were just swamped, but um, the the atmosphere yeah, is always fun. They've always got local sports games going on. It's a great place to hang out with friends. Yeah, if you're a sports fan, if you're at all familiar too with with local sports in the Syracuse area there's a lot for you to notice but even stuff from areas outside there's stuff from all over the country there's always like sports cards underneath the glass at each table and they're most well known for actually the thing that you got Tom that's the uh, chicken tenders oh my god the Tully's tenders are the best thing they, in the world they call them the best tenders on earth but I don't think they're really exaggerating no not really um it's it's so I, I always want to get something different when I go there and I always look at the menu and I ham and I haw and nine times out of ten I will go up with the Tully's it, tenders it, it's, it's funny you say that because we were talking about this earlier what I usually get there is their ranch chicken sandwich platter, oh, yeah. which is uses the same type of fried chicken that uh, that they make for their tenders. Yes. But what I got this time, it was their tenders, but it was the Asian version of their tenders. Yes. Um, so the regular tenders are, they're lightly breaded. Um, the chicken tastes phenomenal. The breading is delicious. Uh, you get a crap load of them. I think ordinarily the tender yeah. dinner is like ten ninety nine. It's it's maybe. well, it's twelve. I think it's twelve ninety nine. Yes. If you get the dinner with the fries, that's right. Which is basically what we both got. Yeah, and um, you get a. I mean, a, an absolute metric load of chicken. Yeah, I have yet to finish a tender's dinner in one sitting. I I did better than usual this time. I only had two left. You did. It, <laughs> you did. I pretty much got most through mine. I got so I got the Asian tenders. So the regular tenders usually come with honey mustard. Yes. Um, I got the Asian tenders, which are already dipped in what they describe as a sweet and sour kind of. If if you've ever heard sweet and sour chicken from a Chinese restaurant, it's the similar type of thing. Okay, that's, that's what they look like. That's yeah. what they looked. That's what they tasted like, and they tasted very good. Those yeah. come with ranch. I already love the ranch from what I usually get there, and I wasn't sure how well the ranch was going to mix with the sweet and sour sauce, but it went very well together. It was absolutely de- delicious. It was cooked perfectly. Um, again, it's unfortunate we couldn't go with the normal motif, but it's a... Yeah. Um, 
it's they, a it's a restaurant I absolutely love. I, I've eaten there literally my entire life. It's funny because off and on uh, at my work, I know we have a couple of transplants from out of state who are still getting their feet wet in terms of local restaurants, and I highly recommend Tully's. Uh, the food's reasonably priced. You get a lot of it, and it's not just chicken or you know they have burgers and. They've steaks. got a good full menu. I, I was considering getting in one of their po- actually one of their pasta dishes to try this. Yeah, um, I've had their. F- I'm not a big soup guy, but the French onion soup there is actually pretty good. My friend Kyle gets it every time he goes, regardless of how much he plans to eat I, later. I can't remember what my. <laughs> Because my dad often eats there too, I can't remember what he usually gets, but like whatever it is that we get there, it's always good. Oh, it's so Tully's—they're all over the Central New York area. Uh, there's there's even one in Northern Pennsylvania, which I've driven by. Really, before. I did not know that. It's of course both on my ways to appropriate enough wrestling shows, but also you'll, you'll uh, see why to Philadelphia in a second. Um, <laughs> but I also when my uh, a good friend of mine, my good friend Pete and I went to the Overwatch League finals in uh, Philadelphia. We drove by. Obviously, we didn't eat there. There was another reason why we stopped off for another establishment, which we won't talk about today. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's one in Pennsylvania, and we happened to drive by it uh, whenever we like go to, Pil- to Philadelphia or uh, New York City. So... Long story short, Tully's is amazing, and you should it, go there. You should all eat there. Yeah. If you don't live in Central New York, I, I don't care. Just eat there anyway. Yeah, I, I will make you. Vacation. I'll make you do you it. You know, once once we can all travel again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so, the other half of the show is, of course, what we decided to watch this week. And uh, at one point... Well, I, I think Scott's more of a wrestling fan still than I am. I, I kind of dropped off well, years ago. The, the, a very... One very, like, 30-second tangent on that... <laughs> My full belief: once and all, wrestling fan, always a wrestling fan. I guess, I suppose. So, I mean, uh, we like, are. I don't watch as much as you do either. Um, I did go to see the house show the WWE had when they were oh, there yeah. a few weeks ago. If I could go, you I'd weren't go. able to make it obviously because of well work, your job, yeah. which of course I totally understand. And I was wasn't sure if I really wanted to go anyway. I just decided to on the whim because the tickets were cheap. Yeah, I, oh no, I'm definitely like. If it's in town and I'm free, I'd still go. It's 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 a good way to kill a couple hours. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we are literally yeah, sitting and, under a WWE championship. Yes, title we are. <laughs> and I could go on a 30 minute rant of everything that's wrong with the WWE it's and their booking. Fine. Um. Um. But the it's appropriate because the movie we watched today was Boone the Bounty Hunter, which stars uh, John Hennigan, aka John Morrison, aka Johnny Mundo, aka Johnny, Johnny Impact, Ni- AKA basically Johnny Nitro. Johnny, insert gimmick name here as one of his T-shirts on for us. If you're a wrestling fan, you know exactly who it is. And a part of the reason why I, I wanted is because obviously Tom and I have a shared uh, wrestling fandom. It's actually one of the things we originally bonded when we first yes, it was back, met, in, high back in high school. Um, but it, it's also. I, if I was funny, uh, he was one of the wrestlers I saw when they were in town a few weeks ago. But jealous. Another reason is that, uh, a story that I believe I've told you before. Obviously, I, yes, the audience. But yeah, go ahead. So at a job, I were right after he left the WWE at a job that I I well I'll back up. He around 2011-2012 he he had just recently left the yep, WWE 2011 I believe he was doing a lot of show on the independent circuits I believe he was advertised to do a show for an independent company around here called 2CW yes yep yep and I didn't go to those shows but one day I was 
at the t- at my job at the time, I was working at a hotel at the time. There was a gas station right by the hotel. I had gone out of work like just past midnight because those were the hours I was working at the time. And he was actually at the gas station. <laughs> and it was so surreal because he's about my height, if not slightly shorter than me. And I'm a regular height guy. I'm yeah. not tall by any stretch. Of, I'm not short, but I'm not tall by any stretch of the imagination either. And he was there. And I swear to God, if you're a wrestling fan, you will understand this. Like, he was almost in full gear. <laughs> like, his wrestling tights, his wrestling... I'm pretty sure his wrestling boots. He was wearing a t-shirt. Like, he wasn't bare-chested like he wasn't half of this movie. <laughs> I think half is being an understatement. He and was shirtless he was a shirtless lot, of lot of the time. <laughs> and I but, mean, I get it. If I look like him, I'd probably walk around Yeah, well, I'm never going to look like that after all much Tully's chicken tenders we just ate. I but can shovel Tully's tenders down like, my gullet all I want, damn it. I didn't talk to him, but it was this surreal experience because here's this insanely athletic guy who I'm very familiar with. And, like, he's my height, which wasn't actually overly surprising if you understand things about wrestling, especially wrestling in the last 10 to 15 years. What? But, Are you saying they exaggerate? <laughs> oh, there's another story I can get to later if we have time. But, um, but yeah, it, it was surreal. So when I saw... Because part of me was thinking, you know, it looked like you had some, like, the bad WWE movies. This was not a WWE movie. No, this was something... I'll, I'll talk about that after this. You, yeah, you share but, story. like, I figured, you know, that, watching this movie would be giving me a good excuse to enter that anecdote. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, Tom, I'll let you start talking about the movie, but uh, it was definitely interesting. For it, was, sure. it was fun. It was, so this, it was fun. So this movie is a passion project for, for, I guess I'll just call him by his gimmick name, John Morrison. Uh, he's been trying to get it off the ground for years, but back when he was in WWE, I mean, uh, to anyone who's even a little bit familiar, uh, it's not a surprise. Their travel schedule is insane. It, they're they're flying. It's from, a reason why people some people leave the company. Yeah, they're flying from one and why they're like they're going to all of the wrestling now is or even go back to the indies because they're in more control of that. Yeah. So he'd been trying to get it off the ground for years. He couldn't do it. So he, he finally, be it travel or just general burnout, he leaves the company in 2011, and he decides, okay, this is this is the time. This is when I can really start to get this off the ground. So he shops it around. A couple people seem interested, but, you know, Hennigan's never... Morrison, whatever. I'm, I'm going to call him a bunch of different names. Um, he doesn't really have any experience doing anything like in this, so they're kind of hesitant to give him money. And eventually he was on, I think it was Chris Jericho's podcast, and he tells him he just sold his house to finance the movie because he knew otherwise it wasn't yeah. going to be made. You know, it's funny you mention that because I think professional wrestlers in many, in on multiple fronts, aren't given the credit that they deserve. No. As it, either athletes or as actors, if yeah. you think about it. It's, I was talking about it's, it when, it's incredible. Um, an earlier episode, I did a movie that starred uh, CM Punk, Girl on the Third Floor, mm-hmm. and I basically described, wrestling is basically stage acting almost. It is. You've got it, a, it's a combination of both stage acting and, <clears throat> in some ways, well, it's a show, but it's also... It is athletic competition in some ways. Oh, yeah. Obviously, the match result is predetermined. Insert rant about how bad WWE is doing that for another day. But it's but it's like from the athleticism you need to have to the to be truly great to be have the character mind as something somebody comes to mind as Chris Jericho, who is mm-hmm. the who is right now making a case of being one of the greatest of all time because of his knowledge of that. Yeah. 
it's it's something that it doesn't but it doesn't surprise me at the same time that he had to do go to those levels to finance this movie because it was it was probably difficult for him because he wasn't to, taken seriously. To quote Jericho again, a professional wrestling is seen as the redheaded stepchild of the entertainment community. Uh, yes, I that, that's and absolutely true. It's it's evident that this movie is definitely self-financed. The special effects are questionable, you, to say you, the best. It definitely the first, one of my initial thoughts when I was watching it is that it definitely had a little bit of a B movie feel. Oh to yeah. It. I'm sure some of that was on purpose, and some of that was It was a combination of, some of it was on purpose, some of it couldn't be avoided. Yeah, Um, but... I thought they did well with what they had, though. Yes, it's, it's, the special effects that they used were, were sparing for, until you get to the big climactic (gasps) fight scene, Um, but really, I mean, it, it, there wasn't too much in the way of stunt work that couldn't be done with just stunt men or professional fighters in the case of um, Latif Crowder... Who played one of these uh, pair of brothers? And I'm forgetting the other actor's name. It's just popped out of my head. But he was in Punisher Warzone. Yes, that guy. And um, yeah, he was in Punisher Warzone. And Latif Crowder's been in, like every like indie martial arts movie you've ever seen. But it's it's uh, Morrison doing. I'm sure at least ninety to maybe even a hundred percent of his own stunts. Yeah, because I asked you about that when we were watching. Yeah, that. And- uh, it's very clear that when they're doing like his flips and dives and crazy spinning kicks, it's like you're looking at it like. They never really cut away. There's not even a spot to put in a stunt And person. he's a legitimate oh, yeah. hardcore practitioner as well, aside from what he can do in professional yes. wrestling. Um, so he's... That's the other thing that's crazy about it, too, is that professional wrestlers can are literally their own stuntmen when they're doing wrestling. Yep. It's So if you have somebody who can basically do their own stunts and act like that, it seems to be a natural fit. And I thought he did pretty well with what he with what he had his, there. His stunt... I don't know if he did the choreography or who did it, but they it was very good. Um, the acting, he's he's a little stiff. And he's a little, I thought some of the other actors were better. Yes. Um, it's, I think it's because he's used to... And I said the same thing about CM Punk. He's used to having to play to a crowd of thousands. And then when you have to dial that down and make it smaller... So it's it's, it's got to be a weird experience. It's it's difficult because it, this would have been like say before his Lucha Underground time. Uh no, this was actually twenty. Well, it's this movie I think was 2016, 2017. Because that would have been less playing, uh, not yeah. as much playing to the crowd as it would have been so in others. That's probably right places. around his time Lucha Underground started. It's it's weird. You're right about that, but it's also. Because he was producing the movie, I'm sure he had more say over the, what the script was. Yes, too. no, he was also the co-writer. So, so it's also a matter of he's probably not used to doing a lot of his own material. That's true. Because you have to think about how, and this is one of the complaints I will get into about WWE. WWE overwrites and overproduces a lot of their stuff, and if you know, like, say when John Moxley left, because I know you heard the podcast that he did with Chris Jericho. Yep. They were writing all sorts of stuff that didn't really fit for him. And that's often a problem that WWE has. So sometimes when you go to writing your own stuff, it can also create some potential yeah, you gotta stumbling f- box. Because you have to readjust. So like, okay, what does make sense for me? Or in this, in the case of John Hennigan, what would make sense for this Boone the Bounty Hunter character that I'm trying to play? Which, granted, is a lot similar to him, too. Yeah, you gotta find your own voice once you're you're not being handed material 
Uh, but let's get into what the movie is actually about. So as the name implies, Boone the Bounty Hunter, uh, Morrison plays a character, Boone, who they do give you his first name at one point. I just completely glossed over it. He is a bounty hunter. He's an ex-soldier who, after returning home to America, uh, decides he's going to become a bounty hunter, and then, much in the vein of Dog the Bounty Hunter, gets his own I reality was, show. That's exactly... Yeah. It is very clear and a very obvious reference to Dog the Bounty Hunter. Uh, and it was fantastic. One of the things I did love, and I think this movie absolutely nails is when they're doing, like, the fake promos for his show on TV, I just thought to myself, oh, my God, that's exactly that's what you would see on, like, a bad commercial for, yes. like, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yes, no, it's exactly. It's they That part of it they absolutely nailed because for the... for the, it's, it's what you said. It's what you would describe a bad... Almost sort of an SNL skit level yes. of what you would expect a commercial like that to be. Like, like it's... They nailed that most... They had the, nailed that aesthetic of that perfectly. It was, yeah, it was hilarious. Um, so we open up on Guy running down the street being chased by Boone and eventually the camera pans and we see the guy being chased is Kevin Sorbo playing himself. Yes. And, you know, he's just trying to get away from him uh, Boone's like riding trash cans down the street at him and like just flipping over like clearly just screwing around with him uh, Kevin Sorbo's screaming at him to be leave him alone he's running through houses throwing stuff at the him ca- the cameos they would also show la- later of the different celebrities and even sort of in the end credits too oh that was great was just wow yeah. okay uh, so he eventually catches uh, Sorbo, and this is where the really bad Hercules jokes start flying. Um, at one point, he'd made a Hercules joke while chasing him, and Sorbo screamed back, "You know, I've been on uh, you know plenty of other televisions and movies since then." But I think as he's cuffing him, he says something along the lines of, "Zeus would be so disappointed." And that one, that one actually got a chuckle out of me. That Good, because, like, yeah, I think the only other thing I remember him, though, like you mentioned, was Andromeda. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Sorbo, I mean, I like Kevin Sorbo. I, I feel bad that he hasn't been in much uh, since Hercules. Yeah. Think, no, I think he's been in some other B-movie stuff. Oh, he's done plenty of B-movies, but, I mean, like, the last... What else did I see, man? He was in Psych for a guest episode, which he was actually really good in that. Um, I feel like he played... Oh, he was in, um... Oh, my God. What was that show Charlie Sheen got killed off of? How I Met Your Mother. Or not How I Met Your Mother. Two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men. I think he was in, uh... I think he was in that for a couple episodes. Um... Yeah. But anyway, we're, we're gonna have to end it. Sorry, yeah, Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Uh, call us. We'll get you on the show. <laughs> um... But... They arrest Kevin Sorbo, who asks if this episode is gonna air in time for his new movie to come out next month. And then they go back to headquarters, and they're kind of just strategizing about, like, who their next bounty they go after can be, and they're all kind of crap. I think they mentioned Kathy Griffin at one point. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was very clear. Now, was it... Now, was that scene before or after they show... Um, Jonathan Lipnicki. Uh, Jonathan Lipnicki's character. Might have been after. I think it might have been after. But... Yeah, so Jonathan L- Jonathan Lipnicki is also in this movie. But, but I gotta say, Jonathan Lipnicki, from just a character... Pre- that oh, that character yeah. was my favorite character Total in the movie. Total little rich shithead, I loved it. Um, I can't think... He, I've seen him in some... The last movie I remember Jonathan Lipnicki, and this is gonna date me, uh, was The Little Vampire. Oh boy. I saw it in theaters in questionably the early 2000s, maybe late 90s, I can't remember. We're going far back. And I just remember him being this, like adorable little spiky haired blonde kid but no Hughes did a great job being this spoiled trust fund dick 
dipshit kid who always got what was coming to him and he but he did a perfect job of you not feeling any sympathy no. for him whatsoever like, which I, honestly was actually a really good job by him oh because yeah because it was because you got exactly the response you wanted to get whenever you saw something bad happen to him so yeah like he he has like he's no sense of consequences for him at all his dad's like this crazy drug kingpin he does you know he he lives in this crazy mansion he he uh has you know, he has his own supply of drugs coming in that he's stealing from his dad, and he's just such an asshole. But yeah, there's always he's something got women bad happening to him. Drugs on, on yeah. him, and they have to dump the bodies, which propels the plot forward. <laughs> that is what uh, attracts him because Boone hears wind that his show is going to be canceled, and he calls up an old DEA buddy of his to see if he can get like a, a big time bounty that would actually you know maybe save his bacon. And the guy flips open a file, and we see Lipnicki's face on it, and we see that he's fled to Mexico. Well, not fled so much as his father has basically shanghaied Forced him, him to, to go to Mexico. To Mexico. That was um, another. That was another fun scene. That interesting scene too. Yeah. Um. And so Boone basically tells people like, "Okay, look, I know we're. It's not great. We're, we might get canceled, but if we can get this kid, the bounty is ten mil. Or the 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 reward is ten million for him skipping." The bounty would be one million for us. Plus, the ratings would be insane, and we'd probably save our show. His producer says, "Terrible idea." You know, Mexico stands on bounty hunters. You'll be arrested for abduction and obstruction and all this other stuff. Um, Rampage Jackson, who plays Jackson, <laughs> he, he's he's more or less playing. He's himself. just yeah, a fictionalized version of a himself. Fictionalized version of himself. Um, says, "Nope, I ain't going to Mexico. I got a wife and kids. I'm not getting shot by the Mexican police or some other th- crazy stuff." One thing, one thing I will say that I was a little surprised about. I'm surprised they didn't use him more. I that, so see, it's funny. I, I was had wondering the same if, you, if you know if, if you knew anything behind that either. I think the reason they didn't is specifically that plot point of when the two characters are in jail. So uh, Rampage is only in the opening two or three scenes, and then he just disappears. Now at the time, ta- was he still under contract with the UFC at the time? Twenty sixteen. I don't. Or maybe so, was he in Bellator by that point? Let me pull up the Google machine because I remember the last fight I remember him having was be- with Rashad Evans in UFC, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Because the, I, I'm wondering if wherever he might, if he was under contract with any promotion, he might have, yeah, it might not have let him do too Let's much. See. So Boone the Bounty Hunter. But anyway, that was 2017 fun. was Boone. Okay, so let me see. In 2017. No, by 2017 he was in Bellator. Okay, so uh, okay, if he's still in Bellator. Yeah, then, then there's a good reason why they might not have wanted to let him. Do... I think it probably was a combo of yeah, he he probably they didn't want him doing some crazy stuff and getting injured for a fight. But I also do think that there was the first time I watched it, I almost didn't mention it or I didn't see it. There was a plot point where. Uh, his character is referenced, and it kind of saves the bacon temporarily. I, re- I remember that scene, yeah. Um, so, well, uh, so yeah, Jackson says he's not going. Boone says Boone and his producer, uh, Denny, and oh my goodness, what was Cat? Yes, the other one. Um, she and Denny are going to go with him down to Mexico to try to wrangle this kid and save the show. So they sneak off without telling their producer. They get to Mexico. And I mean, they very quickly find Jonathan Lipnicki. <laughs> I mean, it, 
I thought we were gonna get this like extended like cat and mouse thing, but it's basically yeah. Now that you mentioned that, that is a, a little bit of a plot hole. It's not a plot hole so much as I mean they knew where he was gonna be. They had DEA info. Uh, yeah, that is true. That um, is but true, it's just but... it's funny because the movie does not waste any time. It just like oh look, there's Jonathan. Yeah. Lewicki. Well, I then again I think the movie kind of knew where its strengths and its weaknesses yeah. were. A long prone out chase wouldn't have suited the tools that they had very well yeah um, so so Lipnicki pulls up at a bar slash whorehouse ditches his bodyguards and boone goes in starts a bar fight and this is where we finally get to really see like not just like the crazy acrobatics but also like the fight scene stuff that morrison can do and again he plays to his strengths here he's incredibly acrobatic he's incredibly athletic the he's using his wrestling moves yes yeah. which, di- which which, yeah, you might laugh at, but it's like... It's very cinematic, though. It's fun to watch. It's very cinematic. It sh- it kind of shows how, if you do it right, you can use certain professional wrestling things in an action. As long yeah. as you're not trying to be super realistic, which I don't think... No, this movie, movie was, was not ever doing trying that at all. <laughs> you can make it work in a way that makes sense to the action that you're presenting. Yeah. Like, would those moves work in a movie like say like a born like a born identity series movie? Absolutely not. No, that wouldn't that wouldn't work at all. Yeah. But for something that's a little more showy tongue in cheek. And and tongue and definitely tongue in cheek, I think it works better in that sense yeah. as well. So he's doing like flipping kicks <gasps> off the, he hits a Canadian destroyer on a guy at one point, which I'm sure <laughs> yeah. non wrestling fans are like, what what is it what? But Somewhere Jim Cornette is wanting to blow his brains out. Um, The Canadian Destroyer, for those who don't know what it is, is basically a flipping pile driver, which is as dangerous as it sounds. Well, that, and it's practically, if you've seen enough Canadian Destroyers, you know it's basically the guy who's getting hit in the move is doing most of the move, if you really look at it, which is why... In some circles, a lot of people don't like it because yeah. not just because it's so ridiculous, but because it's clear. It's a very. It's one of the most clear examples of a clearly choreographed move. Yeah. Oh, wrestlers these days have actually gotten better with doing it to make it less obvious. Yes. But it wasn't horrible in, in this case. The use. Of no, it, it was the way the way they shot it. It was very quick, and it was just like a fun. It was move. like an overhead view too, which yeah. makes it way less obvious. So that was fun. Uh, he runs up the stairs. We find Lipnicki sitting in the in the bed with get trying to get dressed, and uh, he's like, "Who the hell are you? Do you have any idea who I am?" And Boone, like, "I have an exactly idea who you are, but clearly you don't know who I am. You've never seen my show, and on my show, the bad guys run." <laughs> and he throws, throws him out, him a, out window. a window, which <sighs> was such it was such a like a tiny thing, but it got a laugh out of both of us. Well, I, I, the one thing I will say is I was amazed he was able to run at the. After that. Oh yeah. Well, he like didn't... the. Ca- I'm talking about the character. Yeah. Obviously, he, but... he didn't run immediately. Because no. Boone Boone hops out the window after him, and uh, Lipnicki's just laying there in the dirt, kind of like writhing for a second. His camera people show up and they're like, "Uh, I don't know if he's gonna be able to run, Boone." He's like, "No, no, give him a second, give him a second, he'll be fine." And sure enough, like five or six seconds later, Lipnicki like barely crawls to his feet and starts to <laughs> run away. And thus showing the scene where John Hennigan shows off his parkour ability. This was cool. The Sorbo scene was funny, yeah. just because like it's it's Kevin Sorbo, playing Kevin Sorbo. This was, yeah, this is where the first real, like, okay, this is what we can see, uh, see what Morrison can actually do with his, his parkour stuff. He's like going in between uh, like shelves on a Like uh, the tire up. rack. Yeah. 
the te- yeah that was jumping over act. like the the triple lip over the car. Yep, that was, and it's like okay, this is this is the guy a hundred percent in his in his zone. This is what he does, and this is it's so it's really cool because you can clearly see it's actually him and yeah. it's not a stunt guy. And if you're doing an action movie, I don't know about for you, but whenever I'm watching like a, a fight scene or a martial arts movie and it cuts and you can clearly see it's a stunt guy doing something. It's, it depends on how they do it, but I, I get yeah. what you mean, though. It takes me out of it a little bit, which is why I appreciate other actors um, and martial artists, Donnie Yen, Scott Adkins, and a bunch of other guys who just, they are their own stuntmen. Unless it's something crazy complicated like flipping a car, then I completely get that, you know, the martial arts guy isn't exactly qualified to be in the car when it flips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is Hennigan uh, slash Morrison slash Nitro, whatever. <laughs> uh, just 100% in his element and doing You've had too many stuff. gimmicks, Johnny! <laughs> um, he eventually catches Davenport again, uh, but the cops show up and... Davenport's or, the name of the character, by the way. Yes. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's Libnicky. Um, and they, he... The cops show up, his producers get arrested, he takes the unconscious Davenport and starts basically walking towards the U.S. border. Um, we see that uh, Kat and Denny clearly know that something's up in jail and that the cops aren't probably uh, on, aren't on their side. Uh, but when we cut back to Boone, we get a great scene of, of Lipnicki waking up and trying to choke him out with handcuffs. Chauvin Lipnicki was... <laughs> In many ways, at least from the character perspective, not, not obviously he wasn't really involved in the fighting. Yeah, but from a like a character and acting perspective, he was my MVP of this movie. He was, yeah, he was fun. He was always some characters in this movie were kind of hit and miss depending he, on the scenes. He knew exactly what his role was. Yes, he knew how to get the right, basically how he would want the uh, the viewer. To respond to his character. Yeah. And he knew, in a sense, to bring a wrestling reference in, he was the type of heel who knew his job was to get humiliated. Yes. And boy, and boy, and full credit to him. He did an amazing job doing that. Yeah. Um, So he wakes up and he he starts trying to choke out out Boone with the handcuffs. And Boone just goes, is this a chokehold? Because if this is a chokehold, I shouldn't be able to talk. (laughs) And uh, he goes, he screams like, "I'm gonna kill you!" Boone just goes, "Oh, he's just still walking, holding him." Like, "All right, cool, just let me know when I'm dead." And um, he he says something along the lines of, "You know, my dad owns all the cops in this town. There's your friends are either dead already or they're gonna be soon." And Boone has a moment of conscience where he realizes he probably shouldn't leave his friends in Mexican prison. Yeah. So he's looking around for some place to stash Davenport because you know you don't you don't want to carry him back with you. <laughs> And this is where we see the porta potty. potty. So he this was fantastic. He shoves him in the porta potty, uh, wraps the door with wire so he can't get out, and then just as kind of an added middle finger, kicks the porta potty over, uh, like door side facing down. Which we'll get to later. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we just hear sloshing and Lipnicky <laughs> screaming, and it's yeah, a hundred percent. There's never a scene where something bad isn't it happening to hard. Jonathan Lipnicky. It it was arts like there are, i mean i think there are legitimate criticisms you can make of this movie oh yeah anybody who criticizes Nikki in this i will i i will find you and i will yeah the, um, the, this this man was amazing and i feel like a lot of criticisms against this movie though are because it's a really small budget and 
at the time. The budget shows through at the at times. And Morrison wasn't really much of an actor yet. I yeah, think... he his acting at I thought he was good in this particular scene that yes. we just mentioned, actually. It's... I thought he was perfect in that sense. The other times it it's clear that he was someone inexperienced yeah. in it. And so well, sometimes it comes off because Boone is very much like a confident, super macho character, and most of the time it comes off as a shtick in the early scenes, especially where it's like, okay, this is clearly just somebody acting like they think of. Really yeah, macho I thought he got better as the movie went along. Certain scenes were really good, and this was definitely one of them where he's like, he's still being like funny and macho, but not. It did. It just came off yeah, as like this isn't a personality. Like, there, trait. there isn't anything in this movie that's an Oscar-winning performance. No. If, if that's what you're looking for in this movie, don't bother. With I don't this know movie. why you came here then. Yeah, you're not here for the right reasons. If you want, want if you're, if you want to click, turn almost, not quite turn your brain off, but if you want a clear action movie that's shown to be an action movie that's a little campy, this is a better movie. Yeah, to it was. It was made with that in mind, and it's clear that like these are the kind of movies that Morrison enjoys watching. Um... I mean, it's honestly a movie that should depart in part to show him off. Yes, it's definitely a vehicle to show his just incredible athleticism and action skills. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we get um, confirmation that the cops are, in fact, working for Davenport's father, Mr. Davenport. Um, He's a dread lord, everybody. Yes. Uh, if you so, couldn't figure that out already. So Boone's looking for a car now to get himself and Davenport back to America. I like this scene too, actually. Yes, this was fun. So he's looking for a car to get himself back to America so he can he can get the bounty and then come back and get his friends. Uh, and then we see the truck carrying the two bodyguards show up. And they get out and we're treated to a fun little bit where uh, Boone knows that they know who he is. So he hides in the barn and they go in after him. And they subverted this stupid thing of where the the bad guys go into a room and are looking for the good guy, and the good guy is like crouched up on like a ledge or something above them, and you know jumps off and like gets the drump on him. So he like jumps off, and like the second he's in the air, they realize it and just sidestep him completely. I re- the, those those two guys were my other MVPs of this. Yes, movie. they were fantastic. Um, I thought that they were. Again, to borrow the wrestling terminology, I thought that they were, I thought they were great in terms of being what we would refer to as the badass heel. Yeah, I thought they were great, overpowering villains. They always had a two-on-one advantage, which we'll talk a little bit more about towards the end of the movie. But I thought they were great, sort of bullies. Yes, that that's that that you were on the head bullies that you were meant to dislike but you also know that each but at the same time it wasn't just that they were together you each one on their own seemed pretty tough yeah but together it's an unfair advantage which is exactly what you're supposed to get out and yeah you nailed it with the bullies thing and that's exactly how their fight scenes the two fight scenes we get the one here and then the one at the end come off as yeah on their own these guys are clearly incredibly dangerous and credit to morrison too because this could have been very well the movie where he doesn't look weak at all. Yeah, no, he gets his ass kicked. Well, no, in this scene, he gets his ass kicked. Yeah. And full credit to him, because it made the 
Because it, it made the villain seem more imposing. Yeah. Which which is a good thing. It could have been fun to just have him steamroll through everybody and just like... Which I was wondering with that, if that was going to yeah. happen, but I'm, I'm glad it didn't. Just dropping one-liners and being like, haha, you know, I'm just going to kill everybody here. Uh, but no, in this, so yeah, they, they sidestep him, he hits the ground, we get the fight scene, and he's, it's not like he's getting completely smacked around, he's holding his own, but clearly the two-on-one advantage is not gonna work out for him, and they just start wailing on him, he escapes through a window, uh, the cops show up, and he thinks, oh my god, you know, I'm saved, and they get out but of the car. But it's clear that the cops are <laughs> yeah. working with the bad guys. They get out of the car, and And what? we as the viewers, of course, know that yes. by now, too, so. Um... Cops get out of the car and they just they shoot him. One one cop just shoots him right in the chest, and I actually really like this. He goes down, and we just get that like that that ringing like when a grenade or something goes off right near you. He's he's laying there trying to catch his breath. I mean, it's obvious that it like something stopped the bullet. Yes, but like, it, he's not gonna a is not gonna die that early in the movie, and b it's yeah, there's no blood or anything like that. But I appreciate that it wasn't like he gets shot and goes down and then like pulls some like stupid like roll away and it, escapes. It, 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 it still stuns him yeah, it floored him he yeah. got you know you just got shot um so then the the two bodyguards are like what are you doing idiot we need him to find the you know davenport's kid so don't we can't kill him so he eventually manages to hobble to his feet and run away and uh he comes to a cliff and i think somebody screams like follow him and he says the only way to follow me is on twitter and jumps down this cliff and just it's like it reminded me of. Um, you ever see the rundown? I think so. Yeah. The one with Sean William Scott and The Rock. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a very similar scene where The Rock and Sean William Scott just like fall down this seemingly never ending hill. And I I just had flashbacks to that as he's yeah, just yeah. rolling down and like smacking into trees and rocks and every imaginable painful thing. And uh, so he hits the bottom of the gorge finally, and um, he is found by a child he had seen in town earlier. Yeah, I was about to mention, because we forgot the, yeah. about the guy that came across the town who actually had the noose around his... Yeah. He was still alive, he was still standing, but he had a noose around his neck. Is a That's when they introduced Miguel, the kid, yep. that comes up with him. So kid finds him later on. Kid finds him and starts poking him with a stick, and he's not doing anything, so the kid, like, smacks him in the chest really hard with it, and he kind of coughs, and the kid's like, oh, you're alive. <laughs> and he takes him to his dad, who's the town doctor... Uh, the dad patches him up, and we see that uh, the, what had stopped it was he has this, like, stainless steel carrying case where he has, like, autographed cards <laughs> he can hand to people. And um, I liked it, too. And because... the bullet hole was right in the, where the head yes. was. It's and, like, oh, um, perfect headshot. And the... Actual line in the movie, folks. <laughs> uh, there's a giant bruise on his chest where he got hit, too, so I, that's another little tiny thing I appreciated. It was like, yeah. this clearly did a lot of damage to him, even though it didn't enter the body physically it still checked him up well, as you said he got shot yeah um so he he borrows the ki- the phone to call his producer to try to get some money so he can get his his buddies out of jail and get the hell out of the country uh producer tells him or producer eventually calls him back and says the cops say they've never even heard of cat and denny by the way we've already seen at this point that denny and cat are in jail um by the alleged Mexican authorities who yeah. are clearly working for Davenport yes. at this point. So Boone, you know, puts two and two together that this is not going to end well. Um, he says we can find proof that Denny and Kat are there if I get Denny's computer, which has all the footage of all the stuff we shot today. Uh, so he goes to the police station to sneak into the van and get the laptop. Um, 
at this point though Kat and Denny have decided that there's really only way out of this for them is to escape themselves so they Davenport has shown up at the at the uh, police station told them that Boone is dead and that they can't find his son but they've decided that they don't need them anymore and they're just going to track um, uh, Jonathan Lipdicky's character down on their own so Davenport and his bodyguard leave and uh, we get a fun little mini fight scene where we'd seen that Cat can clearly hold her own she's got some, some training right yeah um, but more on that later Denny uh, like hip checks one of the guards into or he takes the keys off one of the guards belts throws it to her uh, kind of tackles one of them down. The, the guards go after Cat to get the keys away from her so she can't escape. She, like, crazy kung fu, like, breaks their arms and gets out of the handcuffs and handcuffs them to the door. And Cat and Denny escape right as Boone is breaking into the van and he takes out the guard that was just sitting in there. Uh, and they're like, and Denny at first is like, oh my god, he came back for us. This is great. And then Cat realizes, no, he just, he came back for the footage. And uh, that leads to. Uh, oh, actually, as they're escaping, Denny gets shot in the shoulder by a cop. Yeah. Uh, they eventually escape, but the the radiator or something on the car got hit, and uh, Denny, uh, they're they're trying to pull the bullet out of him. Cat quits. Denny wakes up and says he quits too. Boone says, "Well, screw you guys. I'll go get Davenport myself." Um, he goes back into town to try to borrow the car from somebody, uh, the uh, owner of the bar. And when he gets there, he sees that uh, Davenport's goons have paid uh, Miguel's family a visit, kidnapped Miguel, and beat the crap out of which, his dad. Which you see, which you also see partially as yeah. the viewer too. And it's also established to earlier in the movie that Davenport Senior is a gigantic asshole with the scene in the, oh, fat the drug yeah, factory. Yeah. Because somebody where, where somebody collapses, he's like, "No, don't help him. Leave him there as a warning to other people." Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, Hennigan, uh, Boone says, all right, you know, I, clearly I screwed this up. I, I. Oh, they, you mentioned that they kidnapped. Uh, yes, Miguel, yeah, Miguel got kidnapped. And, um, so Boone's like, I clearly screwed up. I, I never intended to bring this down on any of you. I'll go get Davenport's kid. I'll bring him to the factory and I'll trade him for, you know, letting us go. And, so Kat and Denny have seen this on the cameras that were left behind in the bar for filming earlier, and they come back and tell Boone that they're going to help him. And everybody in the bar says, "You know what? We've we've lived under the shadow of Davenport for too long. We've seen our you know our people and our friends suffer and die. We're going to go with you." And so we we get this big storm the complex scene where well it starts when they're they've got the kid yep. and he's got um. Davenport Jr. Oh, we, which yes. we got to talk yes, about. Sorry, the, the part of the portable. Brief, scene. brief rewind. So, in when we first get introduced to Lipnicki's character, he's at his crazy mansion and he's got a champagne-infused hot tub or some ridiculous nonsense like that. And so we cut back to Lipnicki and we see him in the hot tub and he's like, "Ah, oh, feels so good." And he starts to sink under the water <laughs> and he gets like, some in his mouth. And, then and he, I knew exactly, <laughs> I knew exactly where this was going. And I was so happy when it paid off. Yes, he he wakes up 
with it's... urine in his mouth from the porta potty. And run off from the porta potty. So it was probably more than just urine. Yeah, he, he's, he spits it up and he starts freaking out and trying to get out. Oh, it was so good. And then you see, you see headlights pull up and he's like, oh my God, please, please, you know, get me out of here. I'll give you $10,000. And then we see like a little hole get ripped in the side. And it's Boone. And it's Boone. And he goes, $10,000? I have leather pants that cost more than that. Like, Which, <laughs> oddly, I believed. <laughs> Um, so, so, yeah, they go to the factory to trade, uh, to trade Davenport Jr. for Miguel. Uh, Davenport Sr., upon seeing his kids, like, I don't want them. Kids have been nothing but a disappointment and a screw-up. Which was kind of set up in an earlier scene, too. Yeah. So. He says, uh, none of you are getting back to the U.S., including my son. And he, so he, he goes back inside, um, as the rest of the townspeople storm the factory. He says, you know, deal with it, you know, whatever. So Davenport Jr. you know runs away as the fighting starts. Boone's you know mowing through. Chris, we cone it in with what I will. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. call Vanguard One. Uh, well, it's Vanguard. We'll call it Vanguard Zero. It's the prototype. It's the prototype. <laughs> well, so because Denny had a camera mounted drone. Yep. That I was using, so he kind of uses that sort of to initiate everything. Uh, it's a distraction while the As rest a distraction of the guys, while yeah, the rest up. of the townsfolk go in to raid the uh, drug factory. Yep. So yeah, the drug factory raid starts. Boone's beating up some bad guys. Um, the townspeople are are going in, and this is where the special effects are kind of because the the gunshots slash bullet wounds in this scene are you know what very got to me? cheap. You know what got to me though, even more than the actual effects. Huh. Nobody paid clearly paid attention to how many rounds are in a single clip for a lot of these oh, guns. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's. I'm sorry, pistols don't hold more than a, like they usually hold like like eight or nine rounds. In Depending them. on the gun, yeah. And I, you were like getting 13, 14 shots <laughs> off without reloading. Like, come on, guys. They're using the Doom 2016 rules where you never have to reload as long as you have enough bullets. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the sure. special effects in this scene were, were, ooh. like, like the action was decent to certain points, but yeah, the shooting parts, yeah, it's definitely very, left some side it's desired. Very clear that they're not even blanks. The actual fights Oh, no, are, the fights are great. The, the actual fights are where the movie shines, and the, we do get to some of that here, Yes, too. so, Boone's moving through the factory, trying to find, um, f- find Miguel. Denny hacks the, uh, security cams for the factory, and he starts pointing Boo in the right direction. And he says, oh, all you gotta do is go through the next room and up the stairs and, you, and you're at the roof where Davenport is with the kid. He goes into the room and uh, the two t- brothers are waiting for him. And this is my favorite fight scene in the whole movie. because This is good. The first scene, we really only got a taste of what these two guys could do. And now we get, it's, we get a extended, real look at it. And my favorite part is um, they're kind of talking back and forth in Spanish. And uh, one of them kind of like looks at uh, Morrison and goes and just like holds his hand out to like say no no you fight him yeah no, I'll watch you fight and uh, he goes okay cool so uh, Morrison squares up on the other brother and then right before the fight starts the guy who said he wasn't gonna fight just kicks his knee out and then the real- perfect again you nailed it perfect. earlier they're bullies they're bully they, heels as we would say yeah, in wrestling they, I'm sure that's where even some of the basic ideas came yeah. from not that there aren't based on tried and true tropes themselves. Yeah. But it was that sort of perfect little dynamic. I love those two as villains. Yes, they were great. And and it was great. They Yeah, they were going to pick on him. They were going to use the numbers advantage. They weren't going to fight fair. They were going to do whatever they wanted. And so this was cool because um, it's funny. Uh, TJ Storm and Latif Crowder are both legitimate uh, capoeira artists, which is that Brazilian dance fighting yep. thing. Morrison is as well. 
That is true. I'm, I'm certainly not. I'm certain not as well versed as the two of them, but he definitely does it, and it's it, it's fun because in the scene, this scene starts with the two of them doing this kind of synchronized movement as to like just kind of like throw Morrison off his game, and yeah, the, the fight happens. They're they're everybody's doing crazy flips and kicks and punches and. Again, this is very clearly no stunt doubles because Latif Crowder and TJ Storm are legitimate martial artists, and Hannigan, legitimate parkour guy with some capoeira experience. So, and obviously, with legitimate professional wrestler. Yep. Um, so they're using everything. They're 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 going through railings on staircases. They're going through tire racks again. They're they're, and again, the two of them are just kicking the shit out of him because two on one advantage. But because Denny had earlier had hacked into the security systems, he's seeing this and he routes. The f- he manages to get on the phone and routes the feed to... Rampage! Who finally Rampage! comes back. Uh, which is actually Sorry kind of fun. crappy uh, Michael Buffer. My, uh, or Bruce, Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. Sorry, Michael Buffer's boxing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Rampage sits in and he sees the cam feed. And this was actually kind of fun. Where he's he's watching the whole he's thing play out. He's coaching him through it. He's coaching him through it. He's like, okay, he's on your left. Uh, spin left kick. And, he, you know, Morrison will do that. And uh, he's like, oh, coming up behind you, and he'll duck and avoid the kick or something like that. So it was a fun way to get around the two-on-one advantage and and still have Morrison be doing most of the work himself. Um, and <laughs> it was actually just kind of fun to listen to Rampage just color commentate this fight. Yes. Like, he, he kicked him in the face and was like, oh, damn! <laughs> just... That was kind of a fun little side thing just going on. He he did well with that, I will say. He yeah. Did well with that. So he he he's fighting the two twins, and um, this is where Rampage screams out, "Hit him with the thing you you got carrot top with!" So Morrison like runs off these two uh, stacked up barrels and like launches himself off and just lands gut first onto uh, I think it was Latif Crowder. Yeah. And that that just puts him out of commission. So we just have him and TJ Storm left. And this is where TJ Storm's character says, all right, screw this. And he picks up this giant wrench and yeah. just starts, like, going for his skull. And, uh... This, Hennig- to be fair, this leads to some of the better special this, effects. This was cool, yeah. He, he Morrison grabs a chain, wraps it around his fist, and we get a scene where he swings in with... Uh, Storm swings into the wrench, and Morrison, like, counters with an uppercut to the, like, to the wrist, which makes him drop the wrench... Storm goes for, like, this spin kick. Morrison catches him, like, right in the back of the calf with a, the chain. And then he just, like, gut shot, gut shot, uppercut with the chain fist and puts him down. And, and it was great. And while all this was going on, this was also the scene with fight in the female assassin yes, yes, going on, too. Yes, because uh, I forgot to mention that. And, um, and as well, the all the other... Well, we'll talk about this more, but all the other townspeople yeah. are raiding the drug factory. Yes. Um, uh... As right before Morrison got to the two brothers, he gets jumped by um, Davenport Senior's bodyguard. I believe her name was Tess. I believe so. Um, and she's like, kind of kicking the crap out of him too, actually. Like, and he's she's got him in this weird like leg triangle choke almost. And then Cat cracks her in the face, and the two of them start fighting, which was actually a pretty decent fight scene in its yeah, own right. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know if either of the actresses have had any legitimate training. Well, when you have, also when you have coaches as good as that, yeah, it you kind of you can work through you can work through a lot of shortcomings. Yeah, and I I because the fight scene between the two of them was it was still really good. It wasn't quite as like crisp as like Morrison and Crowder. It shouldn't and them. have been, but yeah, it was it was more of a brawl than it, it was it a fight. Have, in that case, it should have been more of a brawl because yeah. you still want to come across that. 
you know, these aren't the natural fighters as the other guys. Yeah. Um, but it was, a, it was a fun scene, and it ends with just, like, a... It was a really brutal-looking right straight to the face. Puts Tess down, and, uh, you know, Cat uh, saves the day there. Uh, so, after his fight with the two brothers, we get up to the roof. Davenport Sr. is in a helicopter at this point. Miguel has managed to sneak away. We, we need to mention <laughs> another complaint I have about this scene. I wish I had this guy's aim. Yeah, so Davenport Sr. is in the helicopter with a handgun. And he's it's just, like a regular handgun. Yeah, not like a sniper. And he's picking dudes off. Yeah, he's flying. He's flying around with his hand out of the out of the chopper. Just blah 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 blah. And yeah, he's dropping guys. This doesn't work. It does not work even a little bit. Not even a also, little bit. Also, insert pre my previous complaint about how many rounds are in this clip, guys. Yep. He he fires conservatively forty bullets without reloading. Yes, conservatively. That makes sense for my paintball gun. <laughs> it. But doesn't make sense for my paintball pistol. Nope. And it doesn't make sense for a real pistol. Come on, okay. clean that up, guys. <laughs> um, so you know he's he's taking shots at people and they're trying to figure out how they're gonna deal with the helicopter. And at this point, Denny has dealt with a cop who has was threatening him with a grenade. So Denny attaches the grenade to his drone. But you know what? That makes more sense to me than it does the guy. Taking out his handgun. Oh, yeah. He's shooting out the helicopter. I can understand that more than I understand <laughs> Vanguard 1, Vanguard 0, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Vanguard at least daddy. I can at least have enough plausible deniability to see that working than... Oh, yeah. Then just... Like, like I said, I wish my people. aim was that good. <laughs> to be able to pull that shot off. Yep. So, the drone with the grenade flies up to the helicopter. Um, I assume Denny had pulled the pin prior to the drone taking off. They, they didn't. I don't know. At, at that point, though. it's Yeah, it's so silly. Who cares? Grenade blows up, takes out the helicopter. Davenport Sr.'s down. Uh, Davenport Jr., though, has unfortunately found Miguel. And uh, Miguel is a big fan of Boone's show. And at one as, point... As, as is previously established. And at one point, um, Boone... Uh, while watching the show, Boone referred to just nutshotting a guy as a Boone special. And so he he looks at Davenport Jr. and said, you gotta let the kid go. It's the only way you get out of here alive. And uh, Davenport Jr. says, well, guess what? This show doesn't have a happy ending. And he go, Boone goes, well, that's a shame. I was really hoping this would be a Boone special. And the kid gets it and just like... I didn't pick up on that, yeah. actually. That and, was the, good. and the kid turns around and just nutshots Lip Nicky. And runs away, and then Boone just tackles him down and gets him. Lupnicki, character-wise, the MVP of the movie. And it was great, because when he got nutshot, he goes down a little bit, but it wasn't so much pain on his face as it was just blind fury that this little 12-year-old kid just hit him in the dick. Um, so they, yeah, they, they catch they catch uh, Davenport Jr., uh, they all go home, uh, the show gets renewed, but this time when the credits roll for the show... They show everyone. Everybody gets shown, because the first time we see the awful fake trailer, it's just glory shots of Boone jumping it's off It's actually stuff. a legitimately better trailer, it too. It is. So this time around, we see them introducing Jackson, we see them introducing Denny and Cat, and Boone is actually the last guy of the show. Um, and... Because everybody had a moment to shine. Yes. And so that was that was kind of his character arc for the film, was realizing he needs to appreciate everybody around him, and it's not just really all about him. Yeah. Um, and then we come back to the DEA guy, who I'd, I'd forgotten about. I forgot Corbin Burnson is in this movie. He plays the DEA agent. 
Um, well, he's not in it for a long. No, he's only in two scenes. He's it, and um, so we come back to the DEA guy, and he answers his phone and says, "Yeah, Davenport's out of the way. The region's clear. You can move in now. Yeah, I just made you a very rich man." And then we cut to black. It's and, very clear right away he's not talking to one of his bosses. No, of the DEA. It is, it's clearly another cartel or something. <gasps> and they, I hope this sets up for a sequel because we'll see. I, I enjoyed this movie. It was dumb fun. It was a lot of cool action set you pieces. You have to know what you're getting into when you're seeing it. Yeah. I feel like. If you're coming at this movie from like a highbrow, even like from like a highbrow like action movie, like a Marvel movie or even like a Bourne yeah. movie series, if you're coming at that, you're going to be disappointed no matter what. But if you want to just come in a movie like good action of it and you're willing to let a couple of things go and you don't take it completely seriously you're gonna you're gonna be okay with yeah it, it was I, fun it, it was fun that's all i was looking for with this movie was for it to be fun i didn't i didn't want some deep meaningful story to make me think or feel a certain way i just wanted to watch some stuff explode yeah I wanted you can, to watch and they could there were times where they could have gone astray and maybe tried to yeah. go in that direction but thankfully they didn't because i think they knew where their strengths and their weaknesses were yeah for and the I, most part and it was yeah again this was totally a vehicle for for morrison to show it off was a vehicle for him to show off but i think they had some other good enough parts to it that they can make other things work uh the cameos at the end yes now we can talk about the after credits so the after credits is like a bunch of outtakes of morrison not quite landing of all the more jumps. famous people yeah um, we get so yeah some famous cameos some people I didn't G- uh, really James Kenyon yeah uh, um, my favorite one though was there's a scene where we see Chavo Guerrero Jr. Chavo Jr. Ooh Chavo <laughs> um, don't worry I'm not gonna do that again <laughs> uh, and he's he's running away and Rampage like clotheslines him and puts him down <laughs> and uh, they run over and they you know they got they get him on his stomach and he's he's you know, struggling and trying to get free, and and uh, they got look, the handcuffs. Yeah, he goes, he goes, Jackson, give me the handcuffs. He goes, I don't have the handcuffs. You have the handcuffs. He goes, Look at me, I'm wearing leather pants. Where do you think I'm going to fit handcuffs? And they're like, Ah, oh, crap. We just let him go. Let him go. Run, run. And they just they just take off and leave. So it was like a bunch of fun little things like that. And it's like, and Morrison not quite. I will say this jumps. too about the end credits, uh, because it showed some uh, outtakes as well and some like completely unedited things about the special effects. Yep. It's very clear that they had a fun time making this oh, yeah. movie which i think as you go through it again it makes you appreciate it more because i think it definitely helps in a movie like this if the people who are making the movie are enjoying making the movie i think it helps make a better movie yes another movie or set of movies that you and i are both big fans of the Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. You get the very clear feeling that they loved doing what they were doing when they were making the film. Yes. And I think when you, especially when you see it at the end credits, it starts to show through here that this must have been a really fun movie for them to make as well. Yeah, I don't know how well it did financially for them. I don't even really actually know what the budget. Let me look if I can see if I can find that. But they, I mean, they clearly set it up for a sequel. Um, uh,. Now that Morrison is back in the WB, I don't know if we're going to get one. Um, because He could try to get it funded through WWE films. He could, but I feel like... I, his, I mean, it would be bad. I feel like his schedule would preclude that. Plus, the plus, I think the movie would probably suffer as a result. It could if they wanted to I mean, to try WWE to films does not have... 
Oh, it <laughs> the greatest track record. On a Wikipedia page, it does not even. When, when it comes to movie quality, um, so. But yeah, I don't think he'd get the chance to make one because of schedule, and I think that because it's something Morrison owns the intellectual property to. I'm sure that well, that would be the other big issue. Yeah, too. I don't think they want to do that because WWE is so finicky when it comes to intellectual property. Yeah. To, and I will say to a fault, yeah. but that that's another discussion for another day. Um, but, okay, we've got to wind down here. We're close to hitting the hour mark. Um, but I would actually say uh, I would recommend this to somebody if they wanted it. Like, I, I would, too. Under, under the parameters that we set, uh, if you just want a fun movie. Yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, well, thank you for joining me, guys. Oh, and I 